Well, welcome, friends, to the Tree Church Online Bible Study. We are always glad that you join us. And for those of you who are tuning into these Bible studies to discover more and more about God's Word, you are going to be very encouraged today by our discussion. So let's jump in, and I'll kind of dive into a little bit more of that and why it's going to be powerful for you today. So I want to start by reading the passages that we're going to be discussing, and then I'll break them down a little bit further. So today we're going to be teaching from Mark 4, 21 through 34. And it starts by saying this, And he, Jesus, said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he, Jesus, said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away." And he, Jesus, said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts it to the sickle, because the harvest has come. And he, Jesus, said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when sown on the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants, and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can nest in its shade. With many parables he spoke the word to them as they were able and to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. And I'm going to once again read that last portion just so it's clear for us. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. Initially, when Pastor Chris asked me to do the Bible study on these three parables, I was actually quite concerned because I would have to cover so much material just in one singular Bible study. And I love Jesus's teachings and could talk about them for hours and hours and hours. And so I was thinking, how in the world am I going to get this kind of simplified and broken into just one singular study? And so there's so much richness that is in within these parables and any of Jesus's teachings. And so I thought, man, it's going to be several hours. But honestly, the more that I got to study it, the more I realized that Jesus, in his incredible wisdom and ability to teach, organized the parables in this particular teaching in a way that flows all really well together. And I want to primarily focus not on so much of the breakdown of each of those parables, but I want to focus on the stories and themes that surround each of these and and not go into great length in terms of kind of breaking each of those down at length. And so let's establish for ourselves kind of some quick foundational questions that I think all of us need to be answered. All of us need answered because 
some may be new to the faith that are listening and some may be established in the faith or have been a part of following Christ for a very, very long time. And some of you are kind of right in, in the middle. And so I think there's some important foundational type of questions that we need to answer before we really jump into kind of the meat and, and potatoes of what Jesus is going to be teaching. So first and foremost, I want to answer this question. What is a parable. Now, some of you probably have heard this being taught from a stage or other Bible studies that you've done, but here's kind of the Webster's definition of what a parable is. And it's a simple story used to il illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson. And so that is in general, kind of the Webster's version. But when you put behind it the weight and the spirit of what Jesus is how he's using those to communicate truth, it means so much more to us who are, who are listening, to the ears of those who are listening. And so you might see Jesus teach in this particular way. And as you read, or as we read today at the end of our reading, that there was unfortunately a lot of confusion around these types of teachings, the way, the methods, the, the concepts that Jesus was teaching. And so for the audience at that particular time, many of them left maybe in confusion or frustration. Even sometimes, as it says, the disciples left in that way. And so Jesus had to break those truths down a little bit further for them. And so we read that at the end. And so it's clear that we might have kind of similar responses at times to when Jesus is teaching these parables, what was he actually trying to get to? What heart is he trying to communicate? And so the follow-up question that you might ask is, why did Jesus teach in parables? If it was so confusing, if it was at times way over our heads, why would Jesus do this? And I'm so glad that you asked that question. So Jesus taught in the parables, in the form of parables, because in all honesty, it was a common form of teaching in, in the Jewish culture. You see books and writings and newspapers, magazines, the internet were not at that time common forms of communication uh, back in his time, back in Jesus's time. And actually oral tradition was a lot more common specifically within the Jewish circles. A lot of the young Jewish uh, individuals would, would grow up uh, hearing and learning God's word through these oral traditions. A lot of their spiritual traditions would be taught in the same way, principles, and so they were really familiar with this story format or this kind of format of others being, you know, others teaching them through speaking it to them in an everyday method. And so Jesus recognized and just kind of utilized that his audience would be in that format. And, and he saw it as a huge method in helping people to try and understand the concepts that he was teaching or the truths that he wanted to convey. And, and we know, just from our own experiences, and I'll kind of go into this here in a little bit more in just a second, but we know that stories have a way of being very memorable for us. It can be a very effective tool in teaching us a specific lesson. So, for instance, when we're growing up, oftentimes our parents or grandparents will recite kind of childhood stories and nursery rhymes to us in this way. So a lot of us grew up hearing things like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, or Row, Row, Row Your Boat, The Incy, Wincy Spider, Humpty Dumpty Sat on a Wall. And so when these were recited to us, it may not have had a particular purpose in it, but we remembered it because the imagery is so vivid 
and the language is so vivid. And so we are able to not only hear the information, but we're also eventually over time as in a repetition to recite it back to maybe our kids or maybe our grandkids. And so it becomes a very useful form. And Jesus recognized that. He was very well aware that because he, he is God and he understands the hearts and minds of man, that he was able to to teach in this way and knew that it would be a way that he could teach very profound godly truths in, in kind of a simple format. So Jesus was not necessarily doing anything for them that would have been out of the ordinary. And Jesus was oftentimes referred to by others as a rabbi or a teacher, even though he though he was not officially commissioned to do so. He was not released by the spiritual leaders of that time to do so. He was a very profound teacher and rabbi for, for a lot of the people who were listening, the audiences that he would have been communicating to. And why is Jesus such a great teacher? Why is he considered this uh, profound and prolific and incredible teacher of his time? Because the messages that Jesus taught were taught with such authority. They meant something to him. They were true. And so he stood behind them. And his depth and of knowledge and understanding was unlike any other and has stood unlike any other uh, throughout the history of time. And Jesus honestly was able to withstand the aggressive approaches of the spiritual leaders who were trying to trap him and trying to prove that he was not who he was or that or who others were saying he was. And Jesus, it's interesting if you really think about, and as I've been kind of studying this a little bit further, the, the concepts that Jesus were, was teaching were not necessarily new to the audience that he was teaching them to. God had been speaking these basic truths to them throughout his relationship with them over time. But Jesus was teaching them in a way that, and this is what really what I want to hit home today, this is the main point that I want all of us to be open to, is that Jesus was teaching them in a way that required a certain type of heart to seek and understand exactly what he was saying. And that really is the foundation and truth behind everything that I'm going to be building off of today. And so we see in Mark 4 that Jesus kicks off his parable run, as I want to call it, with the teaching of the parable of the sower. And I know that you were taught this message before, so I'm not going to dive into it very deeply, and I'm not going to break it down very much further. But we must understand that Jesus starts it in this way because he wants to address the condition of man's heart. He wants us to understand that it's our hearts that allow us to be able to see and hear and understand the truth that he's teaching throughout these parables. As one commentary put it, it said this, to those with a genuine hunger for God, the parable is both an effective and memorable vehicle for the conveyance of divine truths. Our Lord's parables contain great volumes of truth in very few words, and his parables, rich in imagery, are not easily forgotten. So then, the parable is a blessing to those with willing ears, but to those with dull ears uh, and are slow to hear, the parable is also an instrument of both judgment and mercy. So to the ears who hear it, it becomes life, and to those who aren't able to hear it because of a hardened heart or because they are dull and wanting to really dive into what God offers, it becomes this, this frustration, this area of judgment and mercy in their lives. 
And so Jesus had to establish this truth first and foremost in the start of Mark 4, and then he slowly starts to introduce these new teachings and concepts as he's moving along. So he starts there, and then he moves on. So let's jump into our parables that we're learning today and break them down a little bit further so that we can understand how Jesus is intricately building kind of all of these truths that he wants to teach us. So the first and f- first one that we read is this idea of the lamp under a basket. So the general truth that Jesus is trying to communicate in this parable is that Jesus is in fact the light. And he is revealing and has revealed and continues to reveal his light to all mankind. He's not hiding it. He's not trying to sway us in a particular way or say that he isn't the light sometimes and this and that and all these confusing concepts. He's letting it all hang out and saying, yes, this is true. I am the light for all of mankind. And he wants to bring back life into our lives, the life that God offers. And so he's saying, I'm the light that exposes all of these things and I expose man's heart and I bring all these truths out in their minds and hearts if they're willing to be able to receive the information. So most often when people hear the truths of God, when they when they are able to hear the teachings of Jesus, even still to this day, I would say that people respond in either one of two ways when they hear these teachings. I'd I'd say first, there's this hardness of their hearts, and and that hardness kind of keeps them in a place of hardness. Jesus often refers to it as a blindness or a deafness. And their understanding of the word, unfortunately, just stops there because the hardness does not allow for it to really bear fruit in in their lives. The second way that that we see people respond to it is if their hearts are soft to hearing God's word, they're receptive to it. They, the word of God will come alive in them and it gives them greater understanding into the truths that God is speaking. And if we go back once again to the examples that he gives, the very vivid examples that he gives in Mark 4, we see that he kind of breaks this down even further, that there are hindrances in all of our lives that potentially lead to the hardness of that heart. And so we have to be aware of those things and allow Jesus to kind of help us in overcoming those things or working through those things so that we can all be in a condition to hear what he wants to speak in our lives. So that is the first parable. So the second parable that he jumps into is the parable of the seed growing, a very same concept that we've been hearing all along. But he starts off with this idea and introduces the idea of the kingdom of God. And I will come back to that actually in the third parable because I can explain it a little bit more through that one. So whether you're new to the faith or you've been in the faith for quite some time, we all understand kind of, we all must understand there are two general concepts that must be in place in order for us to really experience spiritual growth. And, and these are, I would say, profound things that are sometimes hard for our hearts to understand because we don't allow it, we don't have a hard time believing it, or, or whatever hindrance we have is sometimes hard for us to wrap our minds around. And so these are the, the two truths that I think all of us need to understand. God's timing and his ways are not our ways and our timing. And, and secondly, growth in our relationship with God and our discipleship, it, it takes deliberate time and it will take time when God wants it to grow he'll make it grow and that's exactly what Jesus is referring to in this next parable we must be aware that sometimes things don't 
grow in the way that we want them to grow, that we're maybe not producing in the way that we feel in our expectations that we should be producing or growing. And this can really drive us at times to be discouraged. But we have to trust that God's timing is is perfect, that it is the way, the ultimate way in which we must submit to him and trust in him in that way. And Jesus was very well, well aware of these truths. And so as he's teaching through this parable, you kind of see this theme in and through out that particular thought that it will take endurance to truly grow in Christ. And I think it's so important that he establishes this for all of us, because if we don't understand these concepts, we can easily, easily just fall away and, and lose our perseverance and strength in our lives. Because God methodically teaches us day by day the way that he wants to teach us. And he teaches us day by day how we can love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and how we can love others in a very same way. And so our call, as Jesus establishes, is to keep coming back to God, to keep pursuing him, to allow our hearts to continue to be soft in what he's teaching us, and to step into, in faith and obedience, what Jesus is calling us to. And and that really is, Jesus really is our only hope for growth in these moments. So that moves us right into the idea of what he wants to convey in the parable of the mustard seed. And so let me go back to that concept of the kingdom of God, kind of a general definition of what he's referring to as the kingdom of God is this idea of the rule of eternal sovereign God over all the universe, including all that is to happen on earth. And that includes us as well. So we're in that mix of how God is sovereign over the earth. So man understands that God, when we when we gain an understanding, or I should say, when we gain an understanding that God is who he says he is, as we talked about in the earlier points, and that he is faithful to his promises, faithful to the ways that he has established, and that we in turn are faithful to follow his leading in that, that there is this amazing comfort that comes as to being a part of that understanding. Life as you know it, as you've experienced every day, can be very challenging at times. And and, and in the midst of all of our turmoil and all the things that are going on around us and in us, we, if we can cling to the God's rule in our lives, this can be a very great comfort to us, a very powerful way of living securely with God. And and Jesus points out that in comparison to everything else that is going on around us, the ways of God are so much more secure than all of those things. And everything around us can fail, everything can fall apart, but God is so sovereign and true and strong and steadfast in everything that he does that God will never fail in those things. And so when we are able to allow that simple truth to be sown in our hearts, it may start small. It may just be a general concept, as he referred to as this tiny little mustard seed in the midst of everything else that's going on in our lives. It might be this tiny little simple truth that God plants into our hearts. But if we allow that over time to grow, even with the the previous parable, if we give it time, and believe it and allow it to take root, it will grow into this thing that will allow us to be influenced by it and it will strengthen us and reinforce us in and through all the days 
of our lives. And so we must take that as small as it is right now, maybe in our hearts and apply it and trust in it and allow it really to take root. And, and so eventually when life happens, good or bad, we can have this reinforced strength in God and how we operate in our daily lives. So here's the question, all of that that Jesus has been teaching us, here's the question that I want to leave you with today. And all of us can be asking these types of questions. First and foremost, are our hearts in a condition where the kingdom of God can grow in us and through us? Are we conditioned in a way, and are we receptive in a way to hear what God wants to communicate to us? Are we willing to, like the disciples, dive in a little bit further into and desire what the further truths that Jesus wants to teach us? Not simply just to hear it and throw it aside as if it has no value, but are we diving in and seeking Jesus more and more in our everyday lives? If yes, then, then keep moving forward in that with endurance. Be encouraged today to keep moving forward in the things that you're learning and the things that you're growing in because they mean a ton for our lives and they mean a ton for you. And, and then if not, we must deliberately in this time today, starting today, right now, deliberately seek Jesus and allow him to recondition our hearts so that we can become not only fruitful in our understanding of God so that it can produce life in us, but also life to those around us and who we're gonna bless with this powerful truth of the kingdom of God. And so let me pray for you and then we'll, we'll finish for today. God, I pray for each and every heart of each and every individual, not only in our church, but specifically those who are listening today. I know that in my own life, I can become very discouraged by the everyday turmoil that I'm dealing with. Sometimes it's things outside my control that are going out outside of me. And sometimes it's within my own mind and heart that I'm wrestling and continually working through simple truths and things that I, I struggle with. But God, all of us are in this same place and you're aware of that. And I love that your word speaks to that, that Jesus, your heart was so much that you wanted us to experience the life that God was giving us, that you taught these truths and you wanted them to take root in us so that we could be reinforced and strengthened in your power. And I pray that for each and every individual today, that you will, for those who are growing in you, that that will continue to grow as you have promised. And for those who have a hardened heart, that you would recondition their hearts to be able to receive the word and truth that you want to speak to them. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Commit these things to your surrender our lives to you. It's in your mighty name that we pray these things. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us for the Tree Church Online Bible Study. We are so glad that you've engaged us in this way, and we hope that these tools will continue to be a blessing to you as you grow in your relationship with Christ.